Hello, fellow lucky Martians. Welcome to episode number six of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian, by Jay Crandall. Edited by Kim Lambelay and Chris Crandall. If you're like me and you love playing word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on a deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. I also started keeping an online journal on Mindsay, an online journaling site whose main appeal to me was a feature it had which let you blog from AOL Instant Messenger by sending instant messages, or IMs as the hip kids called them, to a fellow by the name of Mindsaybot. So many of the corporate technological facets of my college years have gone under, including Mindsay and AOL Instant Messenger. Luckily, thanks to the magic of the Wayback Machine, you can still find my journal and read about my experience at my first year of college and me pining for Amanda. My postings are the product of their atypical literary format, being an interesting hybridization between online messaging and online journaling. And they sure do seem to start out with various monosyllabic status utterances, mostly the negative ones. All in all, my first year at UMBC was very fun, which I look back on fondly. Evidence of being a popular spot, our dorm room amassed quite a few chairs. Even if I was still wearing my ridiculously long wallet chain and something I deemed the frohawk, we developed quite a lot of trash. We all kept our doors open socialized frequently, and often ate our meals in a big group. Many a late night was spent grinding away at last-minute coding assignments, with many late-night snack runs with a hallmate to the spot, the college's all-hours snack depot. I unfortunately chose not to take Ritalin anymore, as I felt it was impeding my ability to socialize. I really didn't think about the connotation applied by wearing a German military jacket and a big gaudy fake silver necklace, which eventually produced a sickly brown ring around my neck. And I stole Valentine's Day, much like the Grinch and Christmas. And then one of my hallmates added a delightful black origami rose. I then got my lip pierced. Luckily, it resealed after I took out the ring a few weeks later, but not before I explored the inside of a sewer. Dig the mohawk on my floor mate. Our hall engaged in all sorts of bizarre crotch-related competitions slash punishments. From crotch bowling to late night rounds of Carcassonne, I brought a pump action squirt gun with me to college, and we played for stakes. It was crazy. Our floor would all order Chinese food, and we would have a communal dinner in the lounge. Beer pong and ramen noodles. Teenage hormones were raging, and I fell for the girl across the hall, Anne, who I would pine for and mope at her dating her other neighbor. And I got to make a great art piece with the placards we had in our doors and the stickers on the bacon burgers they served at lunch. I convinced Cheek and his GameCube bucket hat wearing roomie to go do some urban exploration in an area that was under construction. I was really a big fan of activities like this and led an expedition into the sewer system in our neighborhood and in the ventilation areas that connected the various buildings. I had assembled the fastest PC in the hallway and many a night was spent huddled around it, and my copy of Battlefield 1942. Winter brought big snowstorms and giant penis sculptures. I found a map that depicted the various campuses as being connected, so I theorized that there must be an underground tunnel system between all the buildings. 
I looked around for signage which would seem to indicate an entrance to this. After a couple tries, I found an unlocked door and returned to my dorm to invite some of my hallmates along for some urban exploration that night, well before knowing that there was any sort of concrete thing. After reading a newspaper article about parkour, I got my friends into it. We would frequently congregate around and fling ourselves off of commercial structures at night, as well as wandering around said structures, looking for unlocked doors. I, unfortunately, had not picked up any good laundry habits, and as a result, my dirty clothes bin would have to fill up with every single article of clothing I owned, before I would be willing to do a load of clothes. As a result, I ended up wearing some interesting outfits. We had received a massive snowfall, but unfortunately all my socks were dirty, and all my pants, except for a pair of infrequently worn green corduroys, and a ripped neckhole white hoodie. I came of age right as the internet was coming into its own as well. My news and entertainment sources were very 21st century as well, getting my daily dose of humor from Something Awful, Penny Arcade, and news from Boing Boing and Metafilter. My friends and I amused ourselves with games of Super Smash Bros. and Dungeon Keeper, and I eventually purchased a then-outdated Sega Saturn and a six-player adapter for use with Guardian Heroes. I would develop from a kid who owned almost no CDs in high school, instead populating numerous tapes with my favorite songs from the radio, to downloading vast amounts of the most obscure music. I would delve deep into both black metal and minimalist techno, as well as the software to produce my own electronic music, and constantly assail my poor roommates with loudly blaring music. Granted, I would still go to concerts and have very fond memories of going to see the likes of Dark Funeral, Dimmu Borgir, Square Pusher, Octaker, BT, Tiesto, and The Flaming Lips. Most of these songs were on my hard drive, some I burnt to CD, and even fewer were purchased. The Flaming Lips show was a memorable one. It was in New York for New Year's Eve. One show I deeply regret having missed was a Cannibal Corpse concert that Fernando attended and went wild in the mosh pit dressed as a candy raver. I also engaged with my hallmate Chuck with some online music collaboration, using AIM's voice chat feature to allow us to collaborate on electronic music from a distance. Unfortunately, I probably should have been doing schoolwork at UMBC. Computer science is a very hard major, particularly if you refrain from taking your prescribed Ritalin in favor of other substances less conducive to your scholastic efforts. After a year and a half long struggle, my parents and I decided that a computer science degree was not for me, especially at out-of-state prices. I would have to shift my focus in-state, and given my creativity and love of Photoshop, settled on majoring in advertising at VCU. But at least I kept some mementos which were originally taped to the outside of my dorm room, with a sticker from a bacon cheeseburger. And yes, my real name is Francis, just like my father, who just goes by Joe, and his dad, who went by Frank. I am named after my mom's good friend from work. My folks and I moved, after the agency where my father worked was consolidated, with one three hours away in the Tidewater part of Virginia. We found a home in Hayes, Virginia and my folks and I began the next chapter of our lives right on the edge of a sister crater, to the crater caused by the impact that killed the dinosaurs, and made this whole human experiment possible. 
That winter, I attempted to fiercely keep hold of my past, living at our nigh-empty old house and hanging out with my friends, keeping our Dungeons & Dragons campaign going. My folks did a pretty incredible overhaul of the cosmetics in the house we moved into, doing almost all the work themselves. Inside, they replaced hand-by-hand the ubiquitous carpeted floors with hardwood, took down the wood paneling on the walls, repainting the walls, and taking out and painting with every single brass knob and door handle. Out front, there were no plants besides the bushes and giant patches of lamb's ear, which they ripped up and replaced with an impressive display of roses, one hauled from Annandale. Summers were spent at my parents' house in Hayes, Virginia. You've been listening to episode number six of Jake Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas, which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases, into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack of horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash secretlyvulgar. And check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences. To see a list of hidden animal sentences I made with my mom in elementary school illustrated, with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture. Hayes is a quiet exurb in Virginia that really punches above its weight in historical significance. Back in the day, it was one of the richest counties in America and had the first slave rebellion. I worked as a telemarketer for MCI the first year an actual telemarketer here in America. I can say with half sheepishness and half pride that I didn't make a single sale the entire time I worked there. The next year, I tried my hand at being a waiter at a local pizza place, Sal's. I wasn't too great at that either, and watched the number of hours I was assigned per week start to dwindle until I was eventually let go. I hereby confess to not returning the t-shirt we had there, and then converting it into a yoga pillow. Another year, I worked at a local movie theater, and it was great, despite paying absolute minimum wage. The job was incredibly easy, and my coworkers were a lot of fun to hang out with. After a summer living with my parents, I started researching a good major to switch to, and looking for rooms in Richmond's Fan District, a grungy hipster community in dilapidated ritzy row houses. That January of 2004, My small group of friends and I decided to throw a party at my now-empty house, where I had been squatting, unwilling to leave. I invited my small circle of friends and their significant others. The party was a glorious send-off, and I am so glad I was constantly snapping pictures to capture the moment. One of the reasons would present itself during a class I took called Comic Books as Literature, which had us do a very deep analysis of a number of comics. For one assignment... I did an analysis of duality in the Watchmen. For the final assignment, I decided to try turning my photos of the party into a comic, applying a stark black and white treatment to my photos, and thus the comic, titled January, was born. I then found a sublet, in a windowless apartment sublet, from a cute girl with a very laid-back boyfriend, and my hazy ascension in VCU advertising began. I lived in a series of sublets during my time at VCU. There was a bizarre windowless apartment that had only a skylight, probably to comply with the fire codes, and a DJ dating party girl. I also subletted with the VCU rugby team. 
They threw frequent, large, and raucous parties, which I enjoyed, but mostly kept to myself at. Mostly, I sat in my room, made music, and practiced my ragged jungle dancing. My room was next to Nathan's, a really cool guy and smooth operator from Liberia. The next year, I subletted from a hippie chick type, then three girls, a gay guy, and a smelly rabbit. I took many interesting classes unrelated to my major at VCU as well. One was about ancient Mayan civilizations, and I recall heartily diving into the subject, buying extracurricular books on ancient Mayan culture at the VCU bookstore. I am still impressed with a paper I wrote for the class, called So What's With the Pink Mustachioed Guys and the Arab Lizard? Information Transmission and the Mayan Cultural Development. You can access it at tinyurl.com slash januarycomic. The subject fascinated me, and I actually bought a book on Mayan art, and wrote another paper, Divining Meaning, Written and Spoken Form. And you can find that at tinyurl.com slash divininingmeaning. While walking to class, I passed a small group of students sparring with shinais, bamboo practice swords, and asked if I could borrow a shiny to flex my sword fighting skills. They agreed, and I was able to defeat all the other people there who rose up to challenge me. As I have not engaged in sword fighting since that day, I consider myself to be an undefeated swordsman. At around this time, I frequently visited my friends at UVA. I can't remember who exactly I was with, but after a night of drinking at a friend's dorm, we decided to go run around in a nearby graveyard that was on our path back to his room, where we were staying. I thought it would be a great idea to try and hop over one of the tombstones there. The tombstone was a bit taller than I had estimated, and ended up painfully slamming my groin into the top post of it. With a small amount of horror, I felt blood. Luckily, there wasn't any internal pain or noticeable internal damage, and I was able to find someone sober enough to take me to the hospital. There, an attractive doctor, not much older than me, stitched me up. I remember that I was quite talkative, and even thought I had managed to be charming. I discovered the file-sharing utility, SoulSeek, which contained a chat community for each genre and subgenre, and I would dive into the community there for IDM and black metal. As I slowly gained acceptance in these communities, I found myself gobbling up the polar opposite albums of Abyssic Hate, Cryptic Winter Moon, Anorexia Nervosa, Moom, Diapocalyptic Writer, Luomo, Igor, and Max Cooper. I really enjoyed the music videos of Clip Tip. You've been listening to episode number six of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian. To see the Google Docs version of this, with extra bits that didn't quite work in the podcast form, visit bit.ly.com slash luckymartian6. Many thanks to Google for providing the perfect medium to record this. And check out Don't End a Word in the Android App Store, if you're like me and you love word games. Thanks to Shining Seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. Stay lucky, and see you next episode.